When Peter saw the glory of Jesus, he saw himself in an entirely different light. And he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, I think when people get a genuine experience of God in Scripture, they recognize their sinfulness. Thinking about Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, he sees the Lord seated on his throne and he falls on his face, recognizing his sin. It seems similar to Peter's reaction here. I think it's exactly the same, uh, yes. And you have all kinds of other stories in the New Testament that have the same pattern. When the glory of Jesus is revealed in the stilling of the storm, the disciples are saying, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? There's a sense of of terror. I think they were more afraid of the glory of Jesus than they were of the storm when it was in full force. But the good news here is that Peter's terror is not the end of the story. He says to Jesus, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. He really feels wretched when he sees how great and pure and glorious Jesus is. He doesn't feel that Jesus would want anything to do with him. But Jesus is not leaving Peter. Jesus wants Peter to follow him. He's calling us at our worst to follow him. And he reaches out to us in his marvelous grace. And we're going to see today, he gives this wonderful promise, I will make you a fisher of men. And, you know, the good news is what Jesus Christ will make of us when we feel our own unworthiness and when we feel how far we are from what he calls us to be. That's the good news of the gospel, and that's where the story is taking us today. So join us in Luke chapter 5 as we continue our message, Calling. Here's Colin. Friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is unlike any other person who has ever lived. He speaks of God as his own Father. I and the Father are one He's God with us. And he knows your heart. He said on one occasion to some who were pushing him away, I know that you do not have the love of God within you. Who in the world can speak like that? Who knows your heart? Answer, Jesus knows your heart. That's why in the book of Hebrews we read these words, No creature is hidden from his sight. All are naked and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. There's no one else like Jesus Christ. He's God with us. He knows your heart. He invites you to come to him. He says, come to me. All you who are weary, those of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who else could speak like that? He makes promises that no one else could ever make or keep. Whoever hears my word, he says, and believes in me has eternal life. He can give you eternal life. He says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life and you will not come into judgment because you have passed from death to life. That's John chapter 5 and verse 24. Now, authentic discipleship begins when you see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this story is given to us along with all the other stories about Jesus in the Gospels so that we will see his glory. 
See the glory of Jesus. Second, confess your need to Jesus. Notice verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, Peter had been happy to lend the use of his boat to Jesus. He'd already referred to Jesus, if you look in verse 5, as master. When Jesus told him to throw out the net, Peter did what he said, despite the fact that he had toiled all night and he had caught nothing. And I expect that if you had asked Peter, he would have described himself as a good person, a hard worker, devoted to his family, a man who believed in Jesus, and a man who tried hard to do what he said. But when Peter saw the glory of Jesus, he saw himself in an entirely different light. And he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, why did Peter feel this? It could be that there was some particular sin in his life, something that he was ashamed of and just made him feel that he had to keep at a distance from Jesus. Perhaps that's why he was on the edge of the crowd and Maybe you feel that you need to keep your distance from Jesus because of who you are or because of something that you have done. But I don't think that Peter was thinking about one particular sin. I think he felt a complete and utter failure because he had tried being a disciple before and he couldn't make it work. Now, Matthew and Mark record an earlier event in which Jesus had previously called Peter, James, and John. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus says to Peter and the others, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Matthew tells us that immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Now, some scholars believe that Luke 5, the story that we're looking at today, is simply a longer version of the same event recorded in Matthew 4 and in Mark chapter 1. But the differences are much more striking than the similarities. Matthew and Mark make no mention whatever of Jesus teaching the crowd by the edge of the lake, and they say nothing about this miraculous catch of fish. So it seems to me that there is an order of events that we can put together in Peter's story. It began when his brother Andrew introduced him to Jesus, and Jesus, recorded in John chapter 1, gave to Simon the new name of Peter. 
It then continued as recorded in Matthew chapter 4 on the occasion where Jesus called Peter and James and John and said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they responded with a serious commitment, like some of us in the past made a serious commitment. They left their nets and followed him. But then something went wrong and Peter went back. And I think that's why he was on the edge of the crowd. I've tried this before and I couldn't keep it up. Jesus, the life that you're calling me to is beyond me. I don't have what it takes. I'm not your man, Jesus. You need someone else to part from me for I am a sinful man, I'll only let you down. And maybe you've tried to live the Christian life and found that you couldn't do it. It was just too hard. And that's why you're on the edge of the crowd. You sense that Jesus has something to offer. You wouldn't be here otherwise but you don't think it's for you. Depart from me. I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. I love Peter's honesty here. He doesn't say, I've made a few mistakes. He doesn't say, at least I'm sincere and honest. He doesn't say, I'm a very spiritual person. He says, I am a sinful man. But here was Peter's mistake, and here was what he learned from Jesus and what we can discover today. Peter's mistake was that he felt that his sin was the defining thing about him. You see what he's saying? Jesus... I'm not your man because of who I am. I'm a sinful man, and that's all I'll ever be. And that disqualifies me from being your disciple. Oh, oh yes, Jesus had said, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus had said, Peter, the great project of your life is going to be to throw out the net of the gospel into the sea of the world, and you will be drawing people onto the shore of Christ's kingdom. But what kind of man can do that? Clearly, he has to be some kind of a saint. And Peter knows that he is no saint, and so he said, no, I'm not the one. This isn't for me. I've tried it. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. I'm so glad this story is in the Bible, aren't you? Don't you know what it is to feel your own failure and then to lose your joy? Sin clings to all of us in such a way that we are never wholly free from it. And maybe you do feel that there are things in your life that make it impossible 
for you to be a disciple of Jesus. They're just plain disqualifiers. And that the best you could hope for is somehow to remain on the sidelines a believer with very little to offer. And if that's how you feel today, I really do have good news from the Scriptures for you. Your sin need not be the defining thing about you. Isn't that good news? Jesus is calling you to be His disciple, and Jesus will make you what He calls you to be. Well, that certainly is good news. You're listening to Pastor Colin Smith on Open the Bible and a message entitled Calling, part of our series, Authentic Discipleship. And if you've tuned in late and missed some of the message or you want to go back and listen again, you can always come and visit us online at openthebible.org.uk. Listen to any of our previously broadcast messages there. Or find us as a podcast on your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now. We're in Luke chapter 5. Here's Colin. See the glory of Jesus. Confess your need to Jesus. Third, find hope in Jesus. Look at these wonderful words in verse 10. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Now, Jesus did not give up on Peter, and the good news, very obviously, from this wonderful story is that the Lord Jesus Christ will not give up on you. He knows you, and He knows what He can make of you. And the Lord Jesus Christ moves towards sinners like us. Notice that Jesus um, refers to Peter by his old name, Simon. Jesus said to Simon, that's his old name, his original name, his birth name. And I suspect that Jesus called him Simon here because he was behaving like the person he used to be. The whole story is about how this man, Simon, becomes Peter. How the man he was becomes the man that Jesus is calling him to be. And he says, Simon, do not be afraid. That tells you that Peter's first response was fear. He knows himself. And he knows himself so well that he just can't see himself as a disciple of Jesus. Me, your disciple, you cannot be serious. You don't know me. But Jesus does know him. And Jesus is calling Peter not because of what he is, but because of what Jesus can make him to be. Do not be afraid. Now, why should Peter not be afraid? Well, Jesus said, and it's just a little later in this same chapter, in Luke in chapter 5 and verse 32, Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners repentance. Peter, you say I'm a sinful man. You're precisely the person I've come to call. I can't use people, Jesus would say, who feel that they've made it. He doesn't call people who feel that they are on the right side of God. 
No, the people that Jesus calls are the people who know their sin and feel their need. They are the ones who are truly useful in his kingdom. The fact that you're a sinful man isn't a disqualifier, Peter. It's precisely for everyone who would identify with what you have said that I came into the world. I came to call sinners to repentance. And then these wonderful words of Jesus in verse 10, from now on you will be catching men. And of course, Jesus had called Peter the first time, saying to him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And here, quite clearly, Jesus is reminding Peter of the original promise. Peter, I told you that I would make you a fisher of men. You didn't think I could do that with you. But what I said will come to pass now. From now on, you will be catching men. And this was indeed a turning point in the life of Peter. From now on, things will be different. From now on, what Jesus said will increasingly happen. From now on, you will be catching Man, do you see how wonderful this is? The Lord Jesus Christ is able to make you what he is calling you to be. That's the hope of the gospel. And when you see that, there really is only one possible response, and it is to become a follower of Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well then, Jesus, if you are really able to make of my life what you're calling me to be, then I must follow you. In verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, try and picture this marvelous scene. It took two boats and their entire crews to haul in the nets that were filled with fish. The, the weight of the fish was so great that it was evidently nearly sinking two large boats, and they barely made it back to the shore. Never in their lives had they pulled in such a catch of fish. And I can well imagine that, that Peter might have looked at Jesus and said, oh, we could really use you as a partner in this business. <laughs> I mean, if you became a partner in what we're doing, we would have the biggest fishing fleet the world has ever seen. That's always the temptation, isn't it? To view the awesome power of Jesus as something that would be useful to us if only we could harness his power. But that's not how Peter and the others respond. You see, they really have seen the glory of Jesus, so they know that it's about him and it's not about them. And Luke tells us that they left everything and followed him. It doesn't say that Jesus left everything in order to settle down with them. They left everything in order to follow him. They left 
the catch of their lives on the shore. Think about that. Well, it must have been a marvelous day for Zebedee, the father of James and John, who no doubt took all the fish to market, and the crew of the two boats must have had the greatest bonus they ever enjoyed in their entire working lives. But Peter, James, and John left the fish on the shore, and they followed Jesus because they'd seen his glory. And Peter never got over his sense of awe at the holiness of Jesus. But as he followed Jesus, he discovered what Jesus can do in the life of a flawed disciple. And that's what I'm praying will happen for all of us today and in the coming weeks as we continue this series that we too will see the glory of Jesus. That we'll get some glimpse of how great He is, the Son of God, God with us. The Lord Jesus Christ is greater by far than any of us in this room think He is. And there is nothing that is impossible for Him. And when we come to see his glory, what will flow from that is that we will confess our need to him. We'll move beyond this stuff about what a great guy I am. Oh, yes, and I'm a believer, and I try and do this. No, no, no. When you see the glory of Jesus, it does humble you. I'm a sinful man, and in myself, I don't have what it takes to become the person that Jesus is calling me to be. But as we confess our need in Jesus, we also find hope in Jesus. Jesus did not come to call the righteous, those who think that they've made it and are on the right side of God. He came to call sinners like us to repentance. He moves towards sinners like us, and he is able to make us what he calls us to be. Follow Jesus. And as you do, you will discover what he can do in the life of a flawed disciple. What a great challenge that is, that we are called to follow Jesus. And if that's a step you've never really made, then I hope you'll do something to remedy that today. Maybe talk to a trusted Christian friend or family member, or why not go along to a local Christian fellowship seek out the pastor. They'll be happy to pray with you and to help you to get to that point when you recognize your sinfulness and your need of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And write and tell us about it. We'd love to hear your reaction to Pastor Colin Smith's message and how it affects your daily walk with God. You can email us at hello at openthebible.org.uk. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners. That's people just like you. And this month, if you're able to begin supporting us with a new donation in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to send you a free gift. It's an Advent devotional, and it's called The Coming of the King by J.C. Ryle. Colin, what makes this book so special? 
Oh, two things. The first would be its theme. It's all about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or rather, I should say the comings of the Lord Jesus Christ, because it is both about his first coming that we celebrate at Christmas and about his second coming that we anticipate with hope and with joy. So a book that just focuses us on the coming of Jesus is going to be a blessing. And the second reason that it is a marvelous book is its author, Bishop J.C. Ryle. He was a bishop in the Church of England in the 19th century. He is one of my favorite authors, all-time favorite authors, and especially in regards to the Gospels. He has some marvelous books on the four Gospels. And this little book, The 25 Readings for Advent, The Coming of the King, is selected from Ryle's writings on the Gospels. They're simple, they're clear, they're beautiful. They shine the light on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're faith-building, they're refreshing. And you will enjoy reading this little book during Advent. Well, we'd like to send you this book as our way of saying thank you for your financial support this month in setting up a new monthly donation for £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again soon. storm has blown up in your life and you feel that Jesus is far away from you. Your faith is being tested. That's next time on Open the Bible.